Hey, everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal Base Camp Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Wilbur, joined by co-host Mike Specian. Mike, how are you doing? Eric, doing fantastic. It's springtime. The skiing is off the charts right now. It is. You know what? I think my favorite sight of spring so far may have been, I want to say it was last week. Maybe it was around St. Patrick's Day. Killington was making snow. Making snow, middle of March, and you just love to see that from the King of Spring, like pushing it on and determined to ski into June, which doesn't seem like it'll be too much of a problem this year. No, Killington's going to be going for a while. When you looked at the webcams and you looked at Superstar top to bottom, fully lit up in March. Mike Salamano knows how to do it, and he's committed. Yeah, and he actually on Facebook, they put that out there on the Killington page, and Someone said, who makes snow in mid-March? And Mike Salmonaro replied, we do. And that was pretty much the simple throwing down the gauntlet that Killington is still the king of spring and is going to be going for a while. Speaking of going for a while, there are a lot of resorts out west that may be skiing into, what, July, August, next season. Will they ever not have a season out? Mammoth, it wasn't that long ago that they had problems getting their mountain biking program going due to the fact that They had so much snow, and it's going to be a problem this year for that part of the equation. But Palisades has extended. Mammoth has extended. It's going to be an epic late-season summer skiing session out there. Yeah, if you got nothing to do, you make your plans and try and get out there, too, because, boy, the spring season is not going to go away. Unfortunately for us, we are going away. Well, kind of going away. This is our last ski-related podcast of the 2022-23 skiing and riding season. So, Mike, first of all, uh, congratulations on a successful season. It seems like it's really translated well to the podcast world. And as I'm getting my feet wet into this new sort of venture after, what, seven months of doing so, I'm feeling a little more comfortable and it's been great to, to sit around here and talk to you about skiing all year long. What better way to spend a couple hours every week? It has been so much fun looking at what we have done. Both of us came into this never, ever doing a podcast before. So it was a little bit unique, but it really comes down. I feel like the Emmys here. It really comes down to the listener. And when we get numbers that 10,000 downloads have happened, that says, hey, maybe this is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is encouraging. I mean, I don't... In the grand scheme of things, I don't know what 10,000 downloads is versus Pat McAfee's show, but it's a sign that there's a healthy appetite to talk skiing, and it shows me that this podcast could continue to be a successful venture, and it makes me excited to be able to spend the next few months looking at what we did this year and fixing the little tweak, tweaking things here and there, planning this guest better, or having this person show up. Or what's our dream list look like? And can we get those people? And that was something that I think we did very well this year. I think both of us contributed to that. Where should they send their suggestions? Because we want to hear them. They can send right to me, eric.wilbur at skijournal.com. You can also tweet us at journal. But I'm looking forward to having this podcast be like a little bit into the future so we can step back and see how we can make it better. You're right. And I think... What we need from the listener is their ideas, too. Or you can also tweet me at Globe Eric Wilbur. Any suggestions, any ideas, we'd love to hear them. A couple of people wrote in this year with some ideas and some of the ideas we used. And so very grateful for all those sorts of submissions to tell us 
what directions you want to see things go in. As we sit here on the final ski-related podcast of the year, let's look back a little bit on how our season was. Let's go back to November and December and January. What do you remember from back then? Oh, my goodness. We were putting on a smile (laughs) in here and cringing at the same time going, oh, my God, where's the weather? People came out to the ski shows. People were excited. People had their season passes, but Mother Nature wasn't helping us out at all. Yeah, it was one thing to start doing these shows in October when you... We've had some magic October snow in the past, but we don't really expect to be skiing full-time in October and even November. When it got to be January and we're sitting here and we had one big storm mid-month, which was good, and then it went away because, of course, things warmed up because that's what it always does in New England. Going into February vacation, it just looked dire. We drove to Northern to go to Saddleback that week, and it was great because I knew... I'd finally see some snow up there. Not something you were able to see in the southern half of northern New England, if that makes sense. It was dreadful. And then February came along, and the the end of the month... Never in my 40 years in this business in New England had I ever seen so much rain come up the Ohio Valley with warm temperatures, dumping rain the whole month of January and December. I wouldn't call it magical, but I would call it a nice heavy sigh of relief to the ski industry it was better than a sigh of relief it just seemed like we just couldn't get the cold weather to set in mass vacation week everything just the stars just aligned everything became much more back to normal and the snows came and they are continuing to come as we tape this today it snowed up north yesterday things are really good up north, even though ski areas have now started to close. Yeah. And this is the time of year, of course, when you know who the people are. You, you talk to your, your family members or friends and you say, yeah, I'm going skiing. And it's either late March or April or May. And they look at you like you have three heads. And it's just, it's tough to express to them, to non-skiers, exactly what this time of year means to us. This is the fun time of year. The snow, you don't get up early. You don't get on the lift at 8 or 9 in the morning because it's pretty firm. And then you follow the sun all day. It's really funny, Eric, because we were talking. I don't know if you remember when I made the comment, you know what? We still can get snow and Tuckerman's can still be something incredible. Up up in Pinkham Notch, there is a boatload of snow. And the winds have been blowing, loading it into Tuckerman's Ravine, it's going to be a great spring up at Tuckerman's. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is going to be fun. Even though we're hitting the finish line here, that does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that the ski season is over in New England. Plenty of resorts are still open for the next through this weekend or next weekend into the end of April. And then we get into, once we hit May, we get the Sugarloafs and the Killingtons and Jay Peak. Um Wildcat, maybe. I know Vale sets dates and they seem not to want to move away from those, but Wildcat in the past has been fluctuated. Sunday River will be open and uh, Sugarbush and who else will still be into May? Well, it really is Killington, Sugarbush, Jay Peak, Sugar Loaf will go to the 1st of May, I think. Us looked at the closing dates the other day and that will be about it. I don't believe Wildcat's going to be there, but we'll see. I, I mean, who knows? We still might have some snow in our future, especially at elevations. So it could be. As I drove down 93 recently from Jay Peak, I was just 
astonished at the presidential range, how much snow was staring at me in the face. It was crazy. It was that beautiful. Yeah. It's, again, for such a dreadful beginning of the season to, to come into this. And how would you grade it overall now? Well, we had a lot of optimism coming out of last season. Once again, we it was a tough season last year, overall snow-wise. But everybody still had the excitement about skiing. So first part of the season through Christmas was really pushing an A. People were excited. They had bought their season passes. They were buying at retail. And they were bucking. January, unfortunately, oh my God, I'm going to give that a D at best. And it's because the rain, the freeze cycles, we had no consistency. And we were not opening up terrain. February early, a B. February late into March, we jumped to an A. And it is that good right now. I like how you split it into semesters there. That's excellent. Well, you know what? (laughs) You know, for the educator that you are, you always have to have a goal. And as a snow farmers, we have to realize that there's going to be ups and downs and we can't get down. We've got to be optimists on it. Okay, so here's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call the grade... Overall, C plus, C plus, and I say C plus for a couple of reasons. Like, yes, we're in an A factor now. Beginning of the season was a D or an F, perhaps. But I'm also one thing that I don't like about this season, and I'm an industry guy, right? I'm a business person, Mike. Is that you know, the ski industry was still stu- it was still a tough year because Christmas week was a struggle. Martin Luther King weekend was a struggle. February break was a struggle. These are three important stretches we went through with very little natural snow. And we survived it and it was fine, but we the industry it's been a long time since the industry has seen Christmas week been a monster snow filled traditional sort of week. And I think we were just missing that this year. So while things are great now and things are going to stick into May and June, I just feel overall like the snow, as great as it was, and we'll take it, was a little too late for some people, I'm sure. It was late. And not too yeah, late, yes. Late, that's, but... C-plus is a little bit pessimistic for me. Okay. Well, gonna, let's go B-minus because I'm, I'm a nice gonna, guy. I'm going to be a B. Even pushing B-plus, we lost some of the holidays. But when was the last day you skied? Was it during the vacation week? Two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks ago. Yeah. You need to go out there and ski now. (laughs) And the beauty of late season snow, because I was actually at Gunstock with Tom Day, one of our guests, and I made a comment that with this late season snow, season passes are going to be huge again. People's optimism, because nobody remembers December now. What do they remember? Their last day. Right. And... That's the beauty of the ski industry. So I predict retail sales will be strong. The ski shows will be strong in November due to the fact that people are very optimistic about what they're leaving behind, the last impression. It's funny you bring that up because I saw recently someone, um, I can't remember which pass it was, but it was if you bought the pass now, you skied the last couple months of this season in addition to next season. Pretty much all passes do that. Or past renewals. And this person was questioning, like, why the industry still does this? Because why does this turn someone on to to purchase a new pass? Because don't they already have one anyway that's going to roll over? And I think what you just said is in support of why they do this. is because if you don't have a pass and you come spring, 
and you dive into this and you succumb to the glory that spring skiing is, you're more likely to purchase that pass and ski for the following year. All right, coming up after the break, Mike and I are going to discuss some of our favorite moments of the year and recap this ski season as best we can. So join us in a few moments. Eagle Crest isn't your average community ski area. We're on an island in Alaska. We have panoramic ocean views, a 1,600-foot vertical drop, big mountain terrain, incredible backcountry access, less crowds, more snow, and some pretty historic streets. It's now 50 consecutive days with snowfall. You can't drive here. You have to fly or ferry, which means shorter lines and untracked powder. We have great community. We're affordable. We have an amazing learning center. But it's not just the skiing and riding. Juno has a lot to offer. And we're right here waiting. If you want to be inspired and informed on everything about the New England ski and outdoor scene, then you need to check out SkiJournal.com. SkiJournal.com delivers daily content on breaking industry news, tips, gear, dining, travel, entertainment, as well as all archived episodes of the Emmy-nominated New England Ski Journal TV show and the Basecamp podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to New England Ski Journal, the longest-running regional ski magazine in the country. New England Ski Journal's award-winning writers and photographers Bring all four seasons to your door with best-in-class coverage on skiing and the outdoors. Log on to SkiJournal.com and click on the subscribe button to get New England Ski Journal mailed to you today. New England Ski Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. And now, back to the Basecamp Podcast. Eric, it's been a fun season here at the podcast, the base camp. We got to talk to a lot of cool people telling us about areas that we loved. I think my favorite part of it, though, was the insider Mm. information, things that just blew me away from Tim Smith telling us his favorite run to Jeff Hathaway giving us the vibe of magic. What about you? My favorite part of this is, as a journalist, I talk to a lot of people. And usually a lot of my interviews with people are shorter. Five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just to get what I need to complete my article. Unless it's a longer project, and then it's a different story. The point being that I enjoy sitting and talking to these people for 20, 30 minutes. Because you can tell when the conversation is getting relaxed. And when people want to share. And the vibe has always been on this podcast, pretty chill, I think. And I think that when guests come on and they understand that this is going to be a friendly conversation, that we're all just interested in the same thing, and that there's no gotcha journalism here. We're not looking to try and get anybody. Um, We're just all trying to share in the same thing, the vibe and the pleasure we all have skiing. And I have enjoyed talking to a lot of these people, and a couple of them have gotten back to me afterward, like, hey, thanks a lot. That was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Not that I thought it was going to be not fun, but it's a comfortable environment, and that's, I think, when you get the best discussions, that it's the person isn't thinking about, am I saying this for print, or am I saying this for a soundbite, or am I saying this 
then it's just a back and forth conversation. And that's when you really get valuable information come out. 100%. I, you just made me think about the Sugarbush pod. JJ said, hey, I came back to Sugarbush and my couch was still there. Right. It was just free. And Dave Hunter at Steamboat, totally free with his comments about what was going on. It's just been a lot of fun listening to people talk about areas that they're invested in and that they truly enjoy being at and creating an environment for us skiers. Yeah. And I'm, tra- I'm going back. What was our first podcast? I think it was a welcome, right? It was just like we we walked through things. I think we uh, we had Mr. Eric Siemens on, the publisher of, of Siemens Media. It, and then it just grew. We went and we do- dove right into the gunstock situation, which was a huge story last summer. The ski shows, country ski and sport, and the, the big expo made its return. We had Jay Peak. We had... Killington, Jackson Hole, like we ran the gamut of a lot of these places that, you know, we spread the conversation around. It wasn't just focused on one particular aspect of the sport. It wasn't heavily on one state over the other. It wasn't anything. We, we managed to spread around all our coverage and find fascinating people. And Mike, I thank you because you've been in the industry for so long and have so many contacts and know exactly how to get them that when I would say... Well, I sent them an email, but they haven't gotten back to me. Mike would, in literally in five or six minutes, call up that person and have him as a guest. And it was like, it was remarkable. It was like, I felt I was being schooled by someone showing me how to do the job. So thank you very much to you. And the connections you've brought to the show have been so valuable and really added to the sort of vibrancy and the information that we get from it. It's been absolutely a blast. The only way to put it. I travel New England I've dealt with most of these people at one level or another, and it is great for us to become family as an industry. Warren Miller had his statement. I'm going to leave you with my favorite statement of all of our podcasts, and it came from John Schaefer. And on the Basecamp Insider, we always ask, what's your favorite run? And John Schaefer said, my next run. And that's what I'm going to leave everybody with. It's not about what your favorite run is, the favorite condition. It's completely about the next run that you're making. Right. We don't have a next run right here. So we have to look back at some of the particular best things we did this year. So I want to ask you, what was your favorite day of the ski season? My favorite day... Oh, my goodness. And it doesn't have to be skiing. Like, maybe you're in a lodge, whatever it was. My last two years, I've had some great days on the hill up at Sugarbush, at Killington, at Jay Peak. Magic's been really magical lately. My favorite day the last two years has actually been at Gunstock. And the only reason being is the snow, after that big storm we had, I was going to Berkshire East, but they didn't have power. Magic was just too far, but they closed down with no power. I decided to go to Gunstock, and they had 18 inches, and I went to the trees immediately at Gunstock, and I have never hooped and hollered more by myself skiing through those trees. It was just outstanding. Next run. I stopped and looked over the lake and said, you know what? It doesn't have to be steeper. It doesn't have to be bigger. This is it. This is the soul of skiing. I'm glad you brought that up because it doesn't have to be bigger. It doesn't have to be better. And my favorite run of the year 
my favorite day of the year was at Atatash earlier this year in mid-January. And it's for a couple different reasons. One, I've, I don't think I've ever been to any, I think Atatash is the most I've ever visited any New England ski resort, right? Because we've had a house in Madison for 40 years. It was a popular place with high school ski club trips, and it's just easy to get to. So I've skied Atatash more than I can remember any other mountain. So when I was there last February of 2022, this was in everybody hated Vail. Everybody wanted to throw darts at Vail. And Atatash was in rough shape. It had a low snow year. I rode up the chairlift with a guy whose daughter was on the Atatash ski team. He was trying to think about, are we going to have her race somewhere else next year? Just very low morale at Atatash. And I think Vail, they, they noticed a lot about that. They noticed a lot about things that were said about them in the offseason. Even to the degree where they're putting in the new chairlift at Atatash, and they've turned it into an event, like kind of laughing at the slowness of what is the Summit Triple now. But last year, it was February 2022, I remember riding the chairlift, going over Avenger, which is one of my favorite trails there. Twisty turning, it's great, steep. And it was closed. And the guy I rode up the chair with, whose daughter was on the the race team, said, has been open all year. And it's one of the most popular trails at Bear Peak. So fast forward to this January, and I rode Avenger again. I skied it. And the snow was beautiful. And the vibe was back. And Atatash has done even just little things, like they put in a new fire pit at the base of Bear Peak. It was a great day condition-wise, but it was also just this, the veil problem we had all last year isn't as much of one anymore because I think that... One, Vale is trying. I think Vale realized where it made its mistakes and where it needs to serve people better. So that, to me, was not because I'm rooting for Vale or whatnot, but I am rooting for the success of local mountains. And seeing where Atatash was last year and seeing what sort of what the vibe and the energy was in the Mount Washington Valley with a really negative kind of take on it, to go back one year later and have this sort of rebirth was very encouraging to me. It is so important to North Conway. Yep. It's so important to New England that every ski area succeeds. I know the big guys are in competition with each other, but here, for me, it's about skiing as a whole. And every time we lose a ski area or a ski area doesn't succeed, it affects the whole of the ski industry and the community, which is what skiing is supposed to be all about. So the push here is everybody needs to succeed. If you're an Epic Pass holder, I want your resorts to succeed. Icon Indy, same thing. Boyne, same thing. We're about New England skiing. We're about skiing as a whole. And that's what it's about. I also want to thank, in addition to all the advertisers that have supported us on the podcast and the magazine and the website all year, I want to thank my writers at the New England Ski... I want to thank the writers at the New England Ski Journal, Boxler, Josh Laskin, Joan Wallen, Assault Devlin. Just tremendous contributions from them all year long. Some of my favorite stories we covered this year, Ryan Delena, who just wrote a book with his dad about his emotional issues growing up and how skiing literally saved his life tremendous and inspiring we we did some roundups on breakfasts that were great we covered this four-year-old kid in killington harley ruffle who's a snowboarding genius and he's four years old and i thought keith pearson had a great q a with willie booker head of a school at brook mountain academy just before michaela schifrin broke the record for most world cup victories by a skier felt like that was our way of playing on that field right like how can we be in the Michaela discussion? Well, Willie Booker, Brook Mountains Academies, and how much they take credit in Michaela Schifrin's success is a big part 
of that story. It's been an exciting season to, to talk to E. John B. Allen, a famed ski historian, and to do all these podcasts and talk to, to, to fascinating people across New England and learning what's happening and creating a community where skiers and riders and, again, anyone interested in, in, in enveloping themselves in the New England snow scene, whether that's summer or spring, or fall, or whatever. And I say that because, even though this is our last podcast of the ski season, Mike and I aren't going anywhere. We'll be around all summer and doing some summer-related activities at the ski resorts. One of the things I think is a great statement about how ski resorts have been at the precipice of global warming for years now in the way that they have extended their offerings and not just becoming skiing. You can zipline, you can mountain coaster, you can golf, you can do whatever at these ski resorts. And every time you go into summer, I think of that, that statement because the ski industry is no longer just a ski industry. It's a resort industry primarily focused on skiing, but there is so much to do up in the mountains. It's no surprise that when you drive up there, come summertime, you are going to find a boatload of people, plenty of people ski but when you get up to the mountains in the summertime, it's just a completely different story, especially in the Mount Washington Valley, which is packed to the gills. So it's it's a fun time. It's not our favorite time, but we'll deal with it and we'll enjoy it all the same. It is a fun time. It's going to be fun talking about it. So many of the resorts and general managers that we've spoken to have programs in the summer. Berkshire East with Whitewater and Thunder Mountain. Killington with their mountain biking, Sugarbush with their mountain biking, Smuggler's Notch, Disc Golf is huge up there. So it's going to be fun going back to these resorts and talking about the events that are happening all over New England. And later in the summer, we'll talk boy tent sales. You know, I'm going to be in the market for some some new boots, I believe, and maybe skis for the kids. There's lots of tent sales, the largest in New England's at Country Ski in November, of course, and uh, it's also time to start looking at your season passes, lease programs. Summer, is, summer can be busy in, this, in a skier's life because you've got things to do to prepare. And uh, hopefully this spring will end this summer and we'll be able to ski into the summer months. But we will be back this summer with some, some alternative programming surrounding all that the ski areas and the resorts of New England offer during the time when it's not snowing. I think the other thing we ought to do, Eric, is I... We'll pull in a manufacturer with some of the new technology like BOA. Yeah. Maybe we ought to do a little segment on new equipment coming out so that everybody gets gets jonesed. Yeah. Be like that powder ski magazine that used to show up in August that we all drooled for. Well, that that's just it. That's what I was getting to before is that now that we've had this first season under our belt, I'm excited to have the time to look forward. Like this, like you've mentioned to me before. Spring is when the ski industry is done. Like they were, they're off. They're enjoying the products of their labor. And same thing in the publication world, right? Powder Magazine, Ski Magazine, Skiing Magazine. By the time the spring rolled around, they'd already long done their long issue and they're planning for next year. I'm excited to have that opportunity now to sit down and discuss with you over the summer. Like, okay, what sorts of blocks we want here? What do we want to cover here? Who do we want to talk to here? And just plan that stuff out. It's tough to plan out a show nine months into the future, but it does help to have that sort of guidebook and to put on your sunglasses and see directly into the future, if you know what I mean. Oh, I do. <laughs> and there's a lot of exciting things happening right now, and we're going to bring it to you. 
Yep. I can't wait. Mike, it has been a pleasure doing this podcast with you all season long. I didn't know what to expect, and I'm glad that Eric Siemens talked me into doing it because it's been an absolute pleasure. It has been a blast. The only way to put it, coming into the studio, it's always tough for me to get here because of traffic, Mm. but coming in, sitting here with guests in front of us on the Zoom and just embracing New England and the ski industry completely in a year when sometimes it was frustrating. It's been fun. Well said. Thank you very much, Mike. Well said. Thank you very much, Mike. That's it. We're wrapping it up. My name is Eric Wilbur. I am a co-host with Mike Speechin here. Thank you, Mike. I want to thank all the listeners. Please, please send in what you would like to hear about to Eric. People sent in wanting to hear about magic. Guess what we had? Magic. Somebody wanted more about the Berkshires. We got the Berkshires. Tell us what you want to hear about, and I'll make sure we get the hosts. Yeah, absolutely. Eric.Wilbur at SkiJournal.com. Send me whatever you want there. Funny jokes, funny gifts, memes, memes, whatever you call them. And even your experiences. Tell us something cool that happens, something unique that has happened on the hill, and we'd love to talk about it. Absolutely. For Mike Specian, I am Eric Wilbur. New England Ski Journal, Basecamp Podcast. We'll see you this summer. Enjoy the spring. New England Ski Journal's Basecamp is a Siemens Media podcast. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful.